everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. Hey everyone, I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. We are the owners of Hustle and Gather Consulting. We began our consulting business because our goal is to empower you with the knowledge and the enthusiasm to take those big steps in your business. We're excited to offer VIP days that provide up to five hours of one-on-one time with our team to help you navigate challenges within your business. Whether that's overcoming an obstacle, hiring that perfect team, or taking steps to expand into new territories, we want to help you achieve those milestones. Head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can help you. They say that when you don't care enough to fight, there's just nothing left. Yeah, I think I didn't care enough to fight for a long, long time. Yeah. It's been a, a journey that I've, it's been hard, but I wouldn't actually wouldn't change. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm the person sure. that I am because of all of that. So. Yeah. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And you heard that right. After a well-deserved sabbatical to focus on her personal life and family, Courtney is back and we couldn't be more excited. I'm so happy to be here and I'm excited to talk with you about why exactly I decided it was time to take a break. Yeah, no, it's been great. We had a great time with Honorary Sisters. Everyone was wonderful. It was a lot yeah. of fun and definitely had new conversations, but I'm excited to have my podcast partner back. I know. It was fun mm-hmm. to hear other people's opinions. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were good. The episodes were good. They were. Yeah. Enjoy. Plus, these are all people we've known for like forever, like a decade. I know. Yeah. So yes, super the conversation fun. was easy. Yeah. Yeah. It does make it easy for, for comfortable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about not an easy conversation. Okay, let's talk. This is a hard conversation. I know. Let's just jump in. So... By the time this airs, I was married. Oh, yeah. You'll be divorced. I'll be divorced. Yeah. So my divorce will be finalized in, no, was finalized in November yeah. of uh, 2023. Uh, I was married for 21 years. That's a long time. Which, like, I personally can't even wrap my mind around because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how you can be, like, 25 and married for 21 years. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Got married at 20. 20 years old. 20 years old, yes. I was child. about to turn 21. So I was, but I was basically like a child bride, I would say. Yeah, 21, but it was like four months later, three months later. It was June. You turned it was 21, June, yeah, after 21, September. September. Yeah, I know. But I think back now, like, and I like, you know, interact with like some of the girls that we've hired or some of the interns that have been 21. And I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God, I know. Like, who let me make that decision? Uh, like, honestly. I mean, not that you were like super older. You're 22. But yeah, it's like every year in your 20s, I feel like a decade of growth. But I had a little bit of a different experience too. I got four years out of my parents' house in Mm -hmm. college. You only had like a year out of our parents' house. Like you lived with them all through college. Yes, because I was very concerned about our parents' bottom line, which you were not. I understand why. (laughs) I'm just saying it's a different experience. Like you have a different amount of like, it's a different type of growing up. For sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I feel like there is a lot of, like, religious pressures surrounding that, and there is a lot of that unpacking that's happened, too, for me, like, Mm -hmm. in the last, I would say, decade or so, where it's, like, you know, what you're taught as a child, and then when you experience as an adult, it doesn't really— Very different. Yeah, kind of, like, match up. Yeah. Uh, And also, like, that kind of, like, turn the other cheek, like, everything's Mm -hmm. forgivable, and God's going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. 
like I have to call BS. Right. Like actually that's not the truth. And like, why isn't therapy taught in religion? Honestly, know. like whole different podcast. But I feel yeah. like all of these things could have contributed to a better outcome for marriages and me and people in general. That's actually my favorite, one of my favorite Taylor Swift quotes. Huh. Is what? You don't have to forgive and forget to move on. You can do none of those things and still move on. Oh, I know. Like it's, but you're so taught that in order to have a healthy relationship or to fix this problem, you have to forgive and forget. And I'm like, you know, there's things that you don't have to forgive and forget to move on and to change and to grow from. I felt like the first like five or six years, like we're difficult Mm -hmm. for sure. Like I remember like right after I got married, I was like, I knew going into it that it wasn't like ideal, but I felt like I could fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could make it better that I would be good for this person that, uh, and he always, Mikhail always said to me like, wow, like your world is so much larger than mine. Like you've shown me there's so much more possibilities, you know, than I thought that there were, et cetera. And I do think I tend to be a pretty like optimistic person, Mm -hmm. like to a fault in general. So I feel feel like I felt obligated to keep expanding his world in some way. Mm -hmm. But I think I knew like instinctually, I remember after we got engaged, this is before I got married, I remember looking at him and saying, like, I really feel like I'm going to lose my Courtneyism in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew it then. Like, mm-hmm. I was so afraid of losing my identity. And, like, maybe I'm a prophet, but, like, that certainly <laughs> is what happened, like, in my 30s. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily right away. But right after I got married, like, that first year, it was, like, a super existential crisis, yeah. which we have a lot of funny stories about that. We can all talk about when I cut my own hair because I was so depressed and I gave myself bangs. But yeah, it was all kind of related to that. Like I just kind of was in this space of like not knowing who I was. Yeah, but it was like, but I mean, to back up your whole life. A change in a year. Yes, because your whole life you were told, you told everyone you wanted to be a doctor, which is why you breezed through high school. It's why you breezed through college Mm -hmm. because- you took the MCATs and yeah. you were going to go to medical school. And so you're like, I need to get jump started on it, which is why you finished undergrad at 20. Like you were graduating from college at 20. I know. I you graduated gonna, December of 20. I know. I know. Like you had just turned 20. I used to be very smart. You still are very smart. Mm. But, <laughs> and then you got married and all of a sudden there was no, there was no dream. Like you didn't know what you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, medical school was off the table. And I think for me, for many years, I thought that was because because you got married. Yeah. Not because it's not what you wanted, which I think in conversations you said you just realized you didn't want to be a doctor. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't like super committed to it. I think I would have been a fine doctor. Sure. Like I think I would have been fine, but I, at that point I didn't know if I wanted to like commit to the extra years of it, if that's something that I wanted to do or not. But do you, but do you think that if you had not gotten married, that was a path you would have gone down or would you've had, a, would you had a similar slightly existential crisis graduating from school, not knowing what you wanted to do? I don't know if I would have ended up in that path, but I probably would have ended up in some sort of future education Yeah, for sure. Like I, I think at that point I really like fantasized about like a Peace Corps type thing. Yeah. Like I was very passionate about like women's health in mm-hmm. other countries. And like I had many things that I was like had a passion for that. Yeah. I guess I felt like. You I, couldn't have anymore. And I don't even know if it was that. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I don't even know if it was that. Like I, like I, when I look back on it, like from like a, you know, like a 2020 perspective, it's like, like my body knew, mm-hmm. like I knew, like it wasn't the best decision for me. Mm-hmm. And like, like my body was keeping the score of that, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But mentally I didn't know. And and that's like a theme for my whole life. It's like my body will tell me that it's upset before my head knows that it is, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't feel my emotions in my head. 
Like sometimes I'll get overwhelmed with emotion and I don't know exactly what it's tied to. Mm-hmm. I just know that, wow, I have to like feel through this moment. Yeah. And then somewhere in the middle of feeling through, it's like, oh, that's what I'm upset about. Yeah. But like things like blood pressure or like cholesterol or like my stomach getting upset or all those things are things that'll happen before I actually know that I'm upset. Right. Which is not super helpful no. in like, you know, decision-making right. abilities. So I think definitely learning that I think was uh, keys to being more successful in yeah. life for sure. Okay. So you got married. Got married. Went through a tough spell. Yeah. Um, and then I think things are were okay. They're okay. Yeah. They were okay yeah. for like four or five years, I would say. Until you point. had a baby. Until I had a baby. And then it all there was a point, mm-hmm. I remember, I was like 26 and I just wanted a baby. Like, I hadn't even thought about it. Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. even on my radar until one day it just popped on my radar. And I was like, I want a baby. Like, I don't care who impregnates me at this point. Like, I want a baby. And Mikhail says that, I I don't feel like we ever, like, didn't talk about having kids. Like, we didn't specifically talk about having kids. Like, oh, I want, like, X number of kids or I saw myself, whatever. I've always been kind of a little more, like, go with the flow. Like, when it feels right, it feels right. But I never didn't see kids in my future. Yeah. I just didn't necessarily know when. Uh, but it's when we had, we got pregnant with Mason that it all just kind of, and he's almost, he's 15. Yeah. When it all just kind of like hit the fan, mm-hmm. like the, all of the stuff from Mikhail's childhood and mm-hmm. past reared up. It was also during Mikhail, our Mason was born in 2008. So it was like during like the whole like financial crisis, mm-hmm. Mikhail lost his job while I was pregnant with Mason and then like proceeded not to get another one for years, basically. And I think that really affected things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I resented going back to teaching at that point too. Yeah. Like, uh, and Dana can also attest to this. After I had Mason, I was a little crazy mm-hmm. over that baby. Like I was convinced that everybody wanted to steal my baby yeah. for a good like four months, mm-hmm. such that I like screwed shut the window because it was in his room, which is probably a fire hazard, because it, it was is. so close to the deck that I thought for sure someone was going to come into the back deck, open the window, and steal my baby. Mm-hmm. I grew out of that. It's true. Hormones are a crazy thing. They're crazy. It was crazy. And yeah. I was like a Nazi about like breastfeeding. Oh, him. I know. Like the child never had breast milk or, or formula. formula. I yeah. Know. I think we, I think we had him overnight for the first time and you were like, at all costs, <laughs> do not. I was like, what if he's on? She's like, call me. And I'm like, okay. But you gave me a can of formula just in case. Uh-huh. And I remember he was, um, mom was actually there that night too. I could not get him to stop crying. And I was like, I don't, can't have kids. I can't get this baby to stop crying. <laughs> yes. Because he was probably starving. He probably was starving. Yeah, I know. As big as he is now. I know. I mean, good gracious. I know. He's like six foot three. He was three. like a normal-sized baby, though. Yeah, all my kids, like, I think I've said this before, fun story, are, like, within half an ounce of each other yeah. of birth weight. Like, there like was, even, but even, like, within his first year to two, he was he was tall. Mm-hmm. He got he started getting tall around two, yeah. two and a half. But, like, that first, like, 24 months, he was, like, a normal-sized kid. I know. He fit into normal-sized clothes. I know. He wasn't, like, like, and I had, like, these massive babies who just, like, became normal at two. Like, I don't know. Henry's like a tiny, almost so 12 tiny. year old. And he was like the largest baby. I know. Oh, well, he was, yeah. He was, he pretty was a pretty big he baby. He was long. He was. Yeah. Yeah. It was super long. Anyways. Yeah. Digressed. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, th- I feel like it was all like kind of then, yeah. like where I just really like started to fall, un- apart. fall apart and to unravel. And I mean, I think there was, and I've said this often, like some like mental health things going on sure. that I felt like, you know, we'd go to therapy and help support him through and like, Again, I'm, like, eternally hopeful. Like, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then um, when we – I mean, you can speak to this. Like, when yeah. we all, like, moved on site, like, right 
when <clears throat> we were getting ready to open the Bradford. I think yeah. it was like, I think for me at that point, it was like, I couldn't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? For like sure. it was all out in the open. Was Everyone shocking. was seeing it. So I think even for you, it was like mm-hmm. shocking. Like, is this what's been going on yeah. basically? Well, yeah. So like the way that story kind of went was, and I, and I, I remember it probably slightly differently that we had this crazy idea that we wanted to open this venue and it was literally, we were all, we did spend a lot of time together. We did because there's pictures of it. Yeah. Because we had kids together. Like, so our, like we always spent holidays together. We spent birthday, all that stuff. We, we spent a lot of time together. And I, we were, I remember we were at your house and we talked about this thing and we had found this piece of property. Like just, I, I probably were all drinking. I don't really know. And then the next day, and we used to spend the night at your house all the time. Mm-hmm, we used to stay the night. And the next day we drive out to this property. It's out in Garner, Johnson County. It was in Garner. Okay. Yeah. And it was a perfect piece of property. And it had this cute little A-frame house on it. It was cute. And we go, we go back and we had just bought a house. And we go back, we talk about it. And I remember, I remember you didn't, you weren't really saying anything, but I remember Mikhail very adamantly was like, we are not selling this house. Mm-hmm. Like if we're going to do this, you and Sam have to sell your house. Like we have too much invested in this. Mm-hmm. Like we're not doing it. And at the time, and Sam will tell you this, like that was like red flag number one. Yeah. Like that there was no like camaraderie into trying to figure out how to do it and why we had to sell our house to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously meant timing wasn't right, all that stuff. But we went along with it. Poor Sam. <laughs> Bless his heart. And we put our house up. We put it, made an offer on the land. We put our house on the market. Our house sold in 24 hours and the, we never got the deal because the guy actually didn't really want to sell it. We He had to... Because it was such a large piece of land, he had to subdivide it. Yeah. And he wasn't willing to do it. Um, and come to find out, as a real estate agent should have told us, he was basically in a power struggle with his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, who, and he hid multiple properties and he yes, had to sell one. He had to sell one. And he, yeah. and whoever, whatever sold first is what got sold. And so he like made it really difficult to sell his property. Yeah. So at that time, we're like, okay, great. And then we bought the house in in Apex and got pregnant and started having kids dream on hold or whatever. And then it kind of all got reprised again or whatever. But I feel like that's where a lot of it was. It's like you very much drove the ship into the dream. And I remember us having many conversations when, we, when it came back up and we found this piece of property. And I was trying to convince Sam this was the right thing to do because at that time we were living like penny to penny, paycheck mm-hmm. to paycheck. Like we had nothing. We barely making our mortgage. Like it was really, really tight. And I remember me and you were talking and you were just like, all you could say was like, it's financial freedom. It's financial freedom. You know, so I'm telling Sam, I was like, it's financial freedom. (laughs) It's going to be free. I know. And like looking back, I totally see like where you were trying to create that because you knew you weren't going to get it any other way. Oh, I And for me, I probably would have been fine. Yeah. Like we probably would have been okay. Like it was a hundred percent like the right move. It Mm -hmm. was very hard for many years, but like. Yeah, I remember thinking like, oh, well, this this must, is obviously what it is, but I didn't realize how much you needed it. Oh, yeah. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Until like later on in the process of all of it. Yeah, I think that I knew. I think that I always knew. Yeah. Like there was never a point that I thought that Mikhail was going to support us. Yeah. Ever. Like I always knew that it was going to be me. So and, like, interesting. I know. And my decisions. And I think on some level, like I was okay with that. Yeah. Like I am like pretty decisive about those things. I think I'm pretty, I'm a hard worker and I think I have great ideas. And at that point I was smart, remember? So I thought for sure my brain was going to like get me through. And 
not realizing that that's also what he believed. Yeah. Right. So like, I think he thought and he would tell you that it was always going to be me. Yeah. And I think that works in like some situations. Mm-hmm. Like I have seen couples that like it's stay at home dads and yeah. the mom's working. Like I don't necessarily uh, subscribe to those like gender, gender roles yeah. and norms, but it takes like two partners. Like you well, can't. Well, it has to be agreed upon too. Right. It has to be a plan. Right. Not and, just something you fall into. Right. But it can't necessarily be like you don't want to work or be the parent. Right. Right. <laughs> pick one. You have to pick <laughs> one. Right. So it was very much like that where it was mm-hmm. like. I was fine with that, and I knew that I was going to have to make the way, and I knew that if, like, we were going to be successful, it was going to be on my decisions. Yeah. Because it was very clear that that wasn't something that, like, he thought about mm-hmm. or wanted to do or anything yeah. like that. So I didn't think it was going to go as badly as it went yeah. for a while. For sure. But I certainly knew that I was more invested than Mikhail was in it. Like into the business? Yeah. Like oh. into the idea of it. Oh yeah. No, it was, it was rough. I mean, I think that, I think for a lot of it is that you trust people. I mean, like, like I said, like, I mean, Mikhail was in our wedding. My brother wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. was somebody, and I, I mean, I still, you know, care about as a person or whatever. But someone you trusted and mm-hmm. you felt like had our best interests at heart. And I and I think that he did to the capacity that he could. Yeah. Until yeah. like it was really clear that he did not. Yeah. So I think like that, like obviously we've talked about when the Bradford was very difficult. It brought yeah. out the best in everybody's personality. No. But like I think for me what it did and exactly what you said, it was like you couldn't hide it. And I recognized very much so how controlled your life was. Mm-hmm. In every way, like your emotions were controlled. Oh, yeah. Like. Wow, that's been a learning curve this year. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I could see it, but I, I honestly didn't have compassion for it because mm-hmm. I was so stressed out and I was so pissed. Like I was <laughs> so resentful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's kind of like where, when you started the Bradford and when it was like all kind of out in the open right. is where it became very obvious. Right. Like the disparities between like what we're bringing to the table, what you're bringing to the table, even in just terms of like the mental ability and stability. Right. Right. And I felt like, and I'm not like, I'm not like a comparison person at all, actually. Like I've always just kind of been like my own person probably since like ninth grade or Mm -hmm. whatnot. Like I'm going to be Courtney, Mm -hmm. whatever the rest of you. I felt at that point, like I was like, wow, like my kids are getting the short end of the stick. Mm. Like I'm getting the short end of the stick. Like I'm not, we're not able to do the things or provide the things or like even like have the, stability at that point Mm -hmm. that I could see was in yours and Sam's life Mm -hmm. because we're living on the same property. Right. You know, and like, it's so much harder over here. Yeah. And it's like so much easier over there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it was easy for anybody, but it just felt like even, even to the point of, and I know we've talked about your in-laws, like to the point of like the support of like in-laws and like people stepping up and helping and like all of those things, there was none of that on our side. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just kind of felt this huge like gap and disparity but yeah, but the, and and I totally see that, and I can see it like now. Like obviously, everything is different when you look at it. Like you can look at the past, or whatever. But I think that what was hard, and I, I think about it now, and I've had I've asked myself and I've asked my therapist many hard questions. Mm-hmm. Like if I had known all this, like if I if you had come to me and said, "This is really 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 hard. I need you in this way. Mm-hmm. I need you X Y Z or whatever," would I have reacted the same way that I did? in the ways that I reacted. Cause yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of t- like that time because I was so angry. I was so mad. 
And I was resentful about having to honestly be another parent to your kids. I'm because I didn't want to parent my kids because your kids, because I would just wanted to be their aunt, Mm -hmm. you know, and like how much would that have changed? Yeah. Like, and so there was this, and I call it your goldfish period because you were a goldfish. Like you just kept swimming, but you forgot everything. And we, and I would say, you know, you're, and you would have, and not to like make this sound like this was like doom and gloom the entire time, but like you would have these, what I call these peaks of, okay, they're riding a high right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're at the top of the roller coaster. Yeah, but it's going to go down. Everything's good. And it would last a long time. Mm-hmm. It would last three, four, five, six months. Mm-hmm. But you knew yeah. it was going to plummet and it was going to, and every time the roller coaster got lower and lower and lower. Sure. So it took longer and longer for it to get back up. And there was times when the peak was 18 months. Mm-hmm. It was like a long time. Yeah. Right. And so like, I felt like there was never a point when you were real. Yeah. With like, you know what I mean? Like you lived in that survival mode, but it's like you still wanted to keep it yeah, insular. Oh, like beyond, like just inside the family? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think like looking like looking back, and I can talk about this a little bit later, like there was like a lot of shame. Yeah. Like there was a lot of like embarrassment and there was a lot of like, that's not who I know myself to be. Right. But yeah, I'm stuck in this situation yes. that I don't know how to get out of. Yeah. Because like at the time, like right when we built the Bradford, I was pregnant with Liam. Like, mm-hmm. okay, here's this lovely gift from God that was unplanned <laughs> that I love to death. But I was like, wow, great timing, you mm-hmm. know? And I remember it was 2017. I was taking Liam to school. And I, I know I've said this story before, I think, on this podcast. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. And there was a family... I was there. I can't remember her name, but she was an old, she was an older lady. She got married older and like older in life, later in life. She was in her forties. She had three girls and her husband always rode bikes in the morning and he had just been hit by a bike and died. Oh yeah. That was my, I remember I was so upset that that was someone that I um, went, it was in my mops group. And I remember I was so upset that night and I called, I called you crying and you're like, who died? And I, and you just said it and totally like not intentional. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, everyone's fine, but this just happened. And I'm like, really, it was really upsetting. It was really upsetting. Cause it was at our preschool. So I remember the preschool was talking yeah. about it. Like that's kind of like how I heard like the next day. Yeah. And I think I was dropping William off or something. I don't remember. Um, Cause all our kids went to the same preschool. And I remember like sitting in that car and I was so upset. Yeah. Cause I mean, it was very upsetting. Like she had a little baby, like two yeah, month old, like right. basically like new, new baby. And like, it was so, so upsetting. And I remember sitting in that car and thinking, why did that guy die? Yeah. Why wasn't it Mikhail? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be so convenient if he died? Like, mm-hmm. why did the good ones die? And this one still left literally plaguing my life is mm-hmm. like how I felt. And I was like, oh shit. Like I'm in a dark spot. Yeah. <laughs> like I am not. This is not a relationship that's going well, like when you're wishing. And I and I think, you know. You don't actually wish him dead. But I did at that okay, point. maybe you did. No, I was like, <laughs> if you were to drop off now, my life would be so much easier. Yeah. And like looking back, it's because I didn't have to make the hard decision that mm-hmm. I knew. Like had to I make. knew I had to make it. Right. Like I knew it wasn't going well. Like I knew all of that like, was affecting my relationship with you. It was affecting my relationship with my kids. What am I showing my kids? Mm-hmm. Like, like that was one of the things too. Like, is this what I want? Would I be okay with Nora living in this situation? Like, yeah. hell no, absolutely right. not. You know, at that point, I think, and I remember Dana can tell you this too, I looked up at my phone like, what are the parameters for being verbally abused? Like, what is it? You mm-hmm. know, like, is this, is this, like, I don't even know. Like, is this abuse? Is this not abuse? Yeah. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of name calling and gaslighting and which I hate that word, by the way. 
and, you know, all of those types of things. And I realized I was like being manipulated like yeah. at every point. And so that was like the end of, I think, 2017. It could have been 2018 because Liam hadn't gone to pre-K yet. But it was 2019 that I was like, decide to separate. Yep. Like it was just like too much. Mm-hmm. Like I like couldn't handle it. It was like fighting all the time. Like he was very um, like explosive, like, like yeah. in my face. He made me yeah. feel unsafe. He got right. in Mason's face a couple of times, made him feel unsafe. Yeah, Mason still talks about this to this day. You know, it's like, wow, this is just really unhealthy. Like we are not yeah. creating an environment that's conducive for like kids growing up. Right. And um, we separated. And how long? It was like eight it's, months? No, months? it wasn't even eight months. It was like maybe six months. Okay. Yeah. And he moved to the bottom of a basement, someone's basement uh, in Sanford. And I think he had the kids like occasionally. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like a 50-50 situation. They were mostly with me. They went to him. And at that point... All, a lot of stuff from his past started creeping up. Like his dad was on trial and they called him in as like a witness and he was telling me that he was going to kill himself. And mm-hmm. I had like all of this like overwhelming guilt that my mm-hmm. children were going to be fatherless. Not that I hadn't wished it like a year and a half before, <laughs> right. but that my children were going to be fatherless because of like these decisions that I made. And mm-hmm. I really feel like, you know, looking back, there was a lot of manipulation to get back in the house, yeah. but also like, Like, I just wasn't ready. Like, I wasn't strong enough to do it. So you want to open a venue and have no idea where to start? We've been there, too. We are Courtney and Dana, owners of Hustle & Gather Consulting. Over the last 10 years, we have built, operated, and scaled a successful event venue in the competitive triangle market. We want for you to learn from our mistakes and profit from our successes. Our venue marketing and direction consulting is for that person who thinks, just like we did one time, you know, opening a venue would be fun. And it is, but it can be scary and very confusing. Let us help you with those first crucial steps like market research, potential profitability, and design concepts, just to name a few. Head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can help you. And I feel like one of the big casualties of that decision was our relationship. Yes. Because I feel like this is where there was like a literal, you like did a hit and run for me on that. Cause day. I couldn't tell you. I was like, we were coming back from a NACE yes. meeting and this was, so we had, so we had gone to our parents had gotten the, the kids season passes to Disney. And so that may we all went like they got a season passes at Christmas. You guys hadn't separated at that point. I don't think we might've been separated on that trip. Oh, you were, but I'm yeah, saying we were. when you had the tickets, you weren't. Right, but he went. Oh, no, no, I know. This is part of the story. Is he went to it, and, we, and I made sure we had a house big enough for everyone to have their own room. Mm-hmm. Like, you and Mikhail did not have to share a room. He would not sleep in a separate room. And he room. would not sleep in a separate yeah. room. And you were like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And I knew on that trip, I told, I remember I said, told Sam, I was like, this is not going how it should go. <laughs> <laughs> not the trip. The trip was fine. I, I mean, just like the, like, the your relationship or whatever. And so we were, it had to have been June- it had yeah. been a June NACE meeting and we were, and you, you were driving, you drove me home. I did. You pull onto the street. We're ha- we're almost on the driveway. And you told me, me, me and Mikhail are getting back together. See you tomorrow. And I opened <laughs> the door and I was like, what, what just happened? She's like, I cannot. <laughs> so I was very upset about it. Cause I knew it was the wrong choice because I think partially too, like from my perspective, it wasn't that I knew your marriage or anything like that. But what I knew is a person that I saw be- who you're becoming is who I remembered, who I, mm-hmm. who was my sister. Yeah. Because there was like very, and you know, the early on in your marriage, I felt like you still kept your Courtneyisms, mm-hmm. right? It was just during this like kind of ten year really dark 
place that like I could, I saw that it was fading away and like, I didn't recognize she were. Yeah. And so when you started separating, I started seeing like, oh, she's funny and she's fun. And like, I felt like you were a great business partner. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like we made decisions like to help you out, like financially, not me and Sam, but the business, whatnot, we made all this stuff. And so, and I was so happy to do it. Mm -hmm. So then when you got back together, like it felt very like about me, which it shouldn't have been about me at all. Like Mm -hmm. I, as my therapist has walked me through that whole scenario of time, um, but it was very hard. I remember that night I didn't sleep yeah. at all, not a wink. Mm-hmm. And I called my friend, Beth, we had coffee the next day and she was kind of going through something very similar. Yeah. Um, she was not helpful actually. Cause she was literally, she, you two are like so identical and the, the journey, she was like in that same place. And yeah. I was like, this is not helpful. And then I called your best friend, Krista. And I said, tag, you're it. Like I'm out. Mm-hmm, she did. Like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't be the person. I have to create this boundary. And, um, it was really hard. Yeah. It was like a really hard time. And, um, so we created the boundary that we don't talk about our personal lives at work mm-hmm. ever. So I never knew it was going on for probably three years. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like truly it was, it was like two or three years. till you finally started like slowly talking yeah. about like it. Like we again. still did like holidays sure. yeah. and like all those things. I think the kids. But like I made rules, like we're not drinking anymore. Like yeah. together. No one's allowed to drink. Because Mikhail would get like belligerent. Yeah. It was so obnoxious. It was. And it ruined every holiday. So it's every like, holiday. we're not, we're not drinking. Mm-hmm. If you like, and we're adults, we don't have to drink to get through situations. Yeah. You know, I really wanted to a lot. Yeah. I'm not sure that's the truth any longer. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I do feel like I have to drink to get through a situation. I know. But that guy was just, I just, that was definitely like all those things. And there were, there were boundaries in place, but it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So tough. Yeah. And, and so then you got back together. Yeah. We got back together and walked him through that trial and got to their side of it and then like nothing changed yeah like literally nothing changed like the same patterns the same like like selfish behaviors Mm -hmm. still was like unenjoyable but then it was blown up because he was out of work because you went through a very like honeymoon phase where he had a great job he was making a ton of money you guys were so like yeah financially solvent like you know everything felt easy yeah. In that what in that part of the world. And then it all kind of fell apart. Yeah, but even like in the middle of that, like looking back at that was he didn't contribute anything to like any of our bills. Right. Like none of our but mortgage. I know that now, you said right. That, yeah. Right. None of the like things that I still paid. Because mm-hmm. at that point we weren't making like tons and no, tons we of money. Not. You know? We didn't we didn't hit we didn't make any money till twenty twenty one, honestly. Yeah, right. But it was like, okay, but it was like, we can maybe like get off this property and, right. you know, like there was room for some vision and then that kind of shut down. And like, he didn't work for years at mm-hmm. that point. I mean, to this day, hopefully at this podcast, he will, airing, he will have a job, but yeah, like it was very difficult. And I remember it was, it was 2022 and we were getting ready to celebrate our 20th anniversary and this is like spring and I looked at him and I was like, I am not giving you another decade of my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. Like, I can't do it. I was like, I've given you all that I can give and I have to prioritize me. I said, and for me at that moment, it was yes about the kids. Like we had some really like dark days, like with just in general with, and, the, and the kids were watching it all. And like, they're older now. Like mm-hmm. I have a 15 year old, 13 year old and 10 year old. So they're seeing it. They have questions about it. But my, like, 
blood work was coming back terribly. Like my liver enzymes are all over the place. My cholesterol is super high. I was having high blood pressure. Like literally my, again, getting back to kind of my original statement, my body's freaking out, like before my head's mm-hmm. freaking out. And I talked to a doctor and she's like, we can't trace it to anything but literally stress. Mm-hmm. Like literally just like the stress and pressure of anxiety was like causing my body to start shutting down. And I looked at him and I was like, I have to choose me. I can't keep choosing you. You're never going to choose our kids. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be me. So I have to choose me so I can be there for our kids and for me, like Mm -hmm. equally as important, right? Like I believe in that. And I was like, I need for you to get a job. Like I'm not kicking, like I'm not pushing you out of the house. I'm not saying it's like this like terrible, unamicable situation, but I need for you to figure it out. I need for you to get out of the house. Like I'm building a house. I don't want you to move into it with me. Like, I needed a clean start, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, we're done. So I, like, waited it out, like, eight or nine months. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's – I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. Probably the wrong way to do it at that point. But never got a job. Like, mm-hmm. never got out of the house. Like, it was clear that he was, like, literally, like, never going to do it. So mm-hmm. at one point I, like, was like, look, I found this house for you. It's near the house that I'm building here's a year of rent, go have your gap year, like figure it out, but I need you to leave. I'm going to move on. And that's kind of like how we, how we ended it for sure. You know, like you're out. I stayed in that house, finished building the house, moved the kids in. Uh, but I knew like at that point, like it was going to be uphill. Like it was yeah. hard for the kids. The transition was hard. I was like not in a good mental space. Like just even, even now, like just getting back to where it's like, I can think in a sequential way, like your head gets all fuzzy and like mm-hmm. your inability to focus, like everything would distract me. So it was like hard to even wrap my mind around getting anything done. Uh, and it was a lot, like it was just was a lot. So I think I said to Dana and we had a hard time at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Time. So we had like the biggest how you've ever had as mm-hmm. sisters in March. And I can't 100% figure out like where that, like where it came from or where it originated from. But I feel like, Really me making the decision to, like, this is the end. I think Dana had doubts. Is this really the end? I think in some ways, for sure. I don't think she believed it. And I think that she was just like, we're going through this again. And my therapist says, it's kind of like a mobile. And you're, like, everything's in balance. But she's like, you know, you're you're pulling the string over here. And Mm -hmm. you're shaking the whole system right now, Mm -hmm. right? She said, and it causes uneasiness and unrest. So it mm-hmm. may not even come from any like knowledgeable place, like this kind of big blow up. I just know that you're shaking the mobile yeah. and things are falling out. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that there's a lot of things in, in play for that too, certainly. But I think where, what was healthy about it at the end, like the mm-hmm. end result of all of it, it was a very terrible, it was like March to May. It was a long time. That we like didn't talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very long time. My favorite us. moment was when you moved us into the office and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to go move into the shed with her. It's just yeah. going to be me and her. We're not even talking. Well, you put your AirPods in every day. I put day. my AirPods in every day. Every day. Every day. Yes. So then she would, and I would try to ask her a question. She couldn't hear me. So I had to text her. Mm-hmm. It's like, seriously. Yep. So frustrating. <laughs> but Hashtag no, sister life. I know. But no, I think that the healthy spot and where I think where I like struggle to, to, uh, express this. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of past, um, and I think where our biggest fight, what to me, the biggest fight was being held accountable to past actions where, yeah, which is hard for me because I, I don't, I, 
I live my life in black and white, but I know it's not black and white, but I firmly believe and like, I try really hard to, to be a good person. And I know that I've made terrible choices in my life. I know I've said terrible things and done terrible things. And like, I always try to be better about it. Mm -hmm. And like, I try to like not repeat that behavior as much as I can. And for me, it was finally, when you said I'm taking a step back, I was like, thank God, not because you couldn't do it, Mm -hmm. but because I knew you needed to. And for me, it was more of, I'd rather you say, I need you to take this burden. And I know it's going to be a burden. Mm -hmm. Like I know it's going to be a lot on your shoulders, Yeah, but you trust me enough that I could do it. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to do it. And I think during that kind of phase at the beginning of the year, you were still trying to be super Courtney. Yeah. You were trying to be there for your kids emotionally, there for yourself emotionally, go through this divorce, run this business. Build a house. Build a house. Like continue to do all the things Mm -hmm. that occupy all of our time. And all I could see is you're failing at all of it. Yeah. In the nicest way possible. Because you're failing at all of Mm -hmm. it. And it's like, okay, I can't. I can't handle your kids' emotion. I mean, I can handle it, but I'm not the one that's going to get your kids through this. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can show up for them and all that stuff, but like, that's not going to, that's not something I can help you with. And so I think that's where it was nice to finally, like, you recognize, you know what? Like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And this is what I need to do. And, you know, and I think, I feel like that fight was the reason why it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Even if that wasn't like the reason, mm-hmm. it was more of like, I don't want to see you. So how can we separate enough so we don't have to see you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not talking to you anymore. We're done. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely felt that way. Like I was like, okay, wow, this is a lot. Like the thought of, I mean, all on every level, like moving off the property, like transitioning in, in the office, like going through that. Because I mean, there. Again, like my head and my body is disconnected. So, I mean, I was very upset with like no words to put to it. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like I would get on my yoga mat in the morning and I would just cry. Like I had uh, with no thought as to why I am. And I, there was like definitely like a period of like mourning for me. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting back to like that thoughts of like what was so shameful and embarrassing is. And as I like step further and further away and I kind of watch uh, Mikhail, like in an existential way, like somewhat, he still affects my life greatly. Like, don't get me wrong. I still have to like, we're still working on setting boundaries and like all of those things, but like just kind of watching him, there was a process of like self-forgiveness that I had to go mm-hmm. through. Like, mm-hmm. wow, Courtney, you put yourself through that. Like mm-hmm. you were living in that chaos for so long, longer than you knew you should have, Yeah, you know, and you put your kids through that chaos right. and you, you didn't end it when you should have ended it. Like, and for whatever reason, like maybe it was obligation, maybe it was scared, maybe it was some back religious guilt or whatever, Mm -hmm. like whatever the reason was, like, or like divorce was the worst thing ever, you know, whatever the reason was, like, I knew I made the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And like, even the kind of mourning that and letting that go. Because it sucks. It does. It's so inconvenient. But it's not that it's inconvenient. (laughs) It just sucks when you recognize the role that you played in something so awful. Yeah, that you allowed it to continue yeah. on. There's there's a lot of it, and I think, too, I mean, I think, you know, and I, even I can't have, obviously, I haven't been through a divorce or anything, but I can, I've had friendship issues, I mean, our relationship, even whatever, but, like, when you get down to it, you so, you just so want to say, I've done everything I can. Like, this isn't my fault. Like, I mm-hmm. have literally put 100% into it, and I'm, you know, I've done all the right things, and then, you know, when you start looking at back at it, you're like, well, 
no, this is the role that you played. And it's, it's so hard to accept it. Yeah. Because you don't want to accept that you're the cause of your own misery. Like I made like one of the most codependent humans because I was just going to take care of everything. And I did. Yeah. Like to the point where he couldn't even tell you what our mortgage was. Right. He didn't know any of our bills because I took care of all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not a partnership. No. Like, at all. Uh-uh. Like, I didn't act like a partner at all. Right. You know, I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to take control and I'm going to, you know, steer the ship and yeah. row the ship. But it's hard to, like, I'm like I'm not afraid to, like, say, say you're being an asshole. Like, you're not pulling your weight or whatever. Because I know I can have a fight with them in a healthy way. Yeah. But when you can't fight with somebody in a healthy way. Yeah. It's hard to say, hey, like, you're not you're not pulling your weight here. Like you're not being the dad. You're not being this. Yeah. Like it's cool if you don't want to work, but if you don't want to work, I need you to do X, Y, Z. So my life is easier. So maybe I can work a little more to make more money. Yeah. Like that's cool. Yeah. But like, you know. Yeah. It was definitely like a conscious decision not to create a fight. Cause For I was sure. like, I'm too exhausted to fight. Yes. Like I'm so tired. I've put it all out. Like I don't have time. Right. So like, all those things, and like that is not a way to be in a relationship. Like that's not healthy at all. Well, they say that they say that when you don't care enough to fight, there's just nothing left. Yeah, I think I didn't care enough to fight for a long, long time. Yeah, because it means you don't really care about the person. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I'm trying to fix it. I would care enough for like my children not to see a ragey situation from their father. For sure. But it was definitely like, yeah, I never, I hardly ever yelled at them. Like yeah. I never fought back. Like I was just like, give me my space. Like I'm done. Yeah. You know, like I just, it just wasn't worth it to me. Right. Like the outcome wasn't worth it because mm-hmm. it just was on on repeat a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like, why talk about this now? We're gonna right. have the same conversation in a week with no change. Right. So what's what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. And I did feel that way. Like I was very much limiting of my emotional resource to the mm-hmm. fact that to the point that like I didn't have really emotions about it. Yeah. You know, it was very like matter of fact for me. Yeah. So I've been on sabbatical. Yeah. yeah. So I shut it down. Like did all the, Dana did lots of the extra traveling that we hadn't booked mm-hmm. already for the both of us. Did the uh, Meredith class this last mm-hmm. semester. Did the podcast, mm-hmm. obviously. And then we kind of hunkered it down to like, what can I do that I can do from home or that I can just do from the office and still be there like when my kids get off the bus yeah. and, you know, make sure that they're transitioning fine. And And I do feel like it's been a good time. Like it's been good for me and it's been good for the kids and nothing fell apart. Nothing caught on fire no. physically or metaphorically. Right. And you know, like it's, I learned a lot mm-hmm. like through, even just through like the, it's great to not feel as, it's great to not feel important. Like I mm-hmm. actually kind of love that feeling Yeah, of feeling like I'm not holding anything up. Although occasionally I know sometimes I do, but that I'm not that important to the success of our business. And I attribute that to like what we've built for sure. You know, like the team that we have all this infrastructure in place and the way that we've built it would allow me to do that. But I love being like the least important person on our team. Yeah. Yeah. It's been super interesting. I think it was, it, like I said, like the sabbatical was bred from a very, uh, hard and there was a lot of like sadness in that situation, like just going through like, because it was definitely like, yeah, you're going through a divorce or whatever, but I feel like there was also a breaking point in the two of us at mm-hmm. the same time of like, this is not sustainable. Like how yeah. we have created this life. Um, there's so much like, like history. There's so much emotion. There's so mm-hmm. much resentment. There's all of these things yeah. that have like bred into like this kind of 
moment or whatever. And it's been really good. Like, I mean, it was hard for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was, like I said, it was super sad. Like there's things like, I don't love, I mean, I, I love traveling by myself because I'm never by myself, but at the same time, like after one day, I'm like, oh, I wish someone was here, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like, but I think what it did is it allowed us to really see like where, what we're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And for me, it like definitely like opened up a thing like, oh my gosh, like this is the path I want to take. Yeah. Like I want to stop spinning my wheels in this direction. Yeah. And I want to start doing this and I want to figure out how to get there in a way that can earn us money. And so I'm not like, a, so it's not a financial drain because hustle and gather for a long time. Like it's great, but it's not like, it's it's not where we want it to be. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, and a lot of it's because we haven't had the time to focus or energy. We haven't had a direction even. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, even for us, like this podcast, we started like, oh, it has to be about entrepreneurs. Well, you know, only entrepreneurs. But like we live in the hospitality space. Yeah, I know. That's where we live. That is our that is our zone of genius. That is what we do well. And what we love. And what we love. So yeah. why are we why are we fighting it? Yeah. You know, so it's like all those things um, for sure kind of came to the surface. And so I feel like it's been like a really healthy, very healing. I definitely feel that way. And I, and I feel like. For so long, like, equal had to look, like, the same. I know. And I think just kind of getting around, like, it's not going to be the same. No. Like, it's literally not going to be the same. Like, like metaphorically and physically, our life is not going to look right. the same, you know? And that's okay. It's okay. Like, literally, that's okay. I remember, like, one of the conversations we had where, like, I dropped the ball. And Dana was like, I am not ready to stop. I know that you're, like, at a stopping point mm-hmm. with this. And, like, maybe, like, this isn't what you want. But... I have fed into your dream. Like we're living in it right now. Like the Bradford is true. Like C and D and like all the crazy things that Dana says, like every business that she's in, it's because I had an idea, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, and now I need you to support mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? It's true. That's like so fair. Like Mm -hmm. literally so fair. Like, and it's fine. And I can say that in like all certainty that like, I don't have guilt over it. Mm -hmm. I don't have like, uh, remorse over it. I don't have FOMO over it. Right. Like if that's the direction that you want to take and like I can support you in it, that's like 100% what I want to do. Yeah. You know, and I feel so good about mm-hmm. that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's my turn on the stage, sure. so to speak, too. Right. And I'm fine with that, too, you know, yeah. but it's like in this season of my life to be able to know that um, I can prioritize my family, prioritize what I need and take a step back, Mm -hmm. but still know that things are moving forward is like an invaluable gift. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I really do appreciate it. Like I do, like I appreciate you for that. I appreciate all the hard conversations. I appreciate the team. I Mm -hmm. appreciate everything that goes into allowing that to happen. And because I can't imagine the transition going any better than it has. And it's so, I think what's, what's really neat too and seeing again like kind of going back to 2019 Courtney like saying okay this it's been interesting seeing you become the person that you are where where were we were somewhere we were at experience and I we were sitting at lunch or dinner and out or breakfast and I was like why are you so sure of yourself like where did this come she from did tell me that <laughs> like and not like in like a mean way but it was just kind of like what in the world because mm-hmm. it was so unlike how you've been for yeah. so many years and so but I always was like I literally was born that way yes I know I know but like but in, in, in a lot of ways, you still were at that time in certain areas, but you never were when it came to being a mom, being mm-hmm. in a relationship, any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, you were, it was so different. Um, but 
I think what's exciting to me and to see is like, yeah, like your time, like what you want to speak about. There's so much, there's so much in you and there's so much that you can, that you can. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what that is yeah. because I feel like for so long too, like with us speaking, it's been like, like very much like driven like by me in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Like, Hey, it's our contest that we're doing. Yeah. And you're just like, cool. Sounds great. I'll put my own little spin on it, mm-hmm. you know? But like being for you to be able to say like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what's changed my life. Yeah. Like to see like what that is. And you are starting to see small pieces of it starting to come together. Sure. Have you talked about it? But like, I think that'd be super cool. Yeah. To see. Yeah. I'm, I'm super, kind of I'm super excited about the future and like all that it has to bring and build. I will say like divorce is no picnic. You know, it's, it's not, not fun to walk through. Happy to have it behind me. Yeah. But uh, I think. I think in general, and I can definitely speak to like, you know, finding yourself in a relationship as a whole nother podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But I think that even like thinking through the Bradford and like the process, like even though it's scary doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it's wrong. Right. And for a long time, like it seemed very scary, like the thought of being divorced and like, wow, I'm going to have even less control when he has the kids and I'm not going to be able to watch them. And like, but working through all of those fears, like there's a lot of freedom on the Mm -hmm. other side of it and Mm -hmm. sometimes the scary decisions are the best decisions for your life it's very true and i think this is a theme over and over again like Mm -hmm. we made lots of scary big decisions and it ended up being the best thing for our life so i think you know working through that giving forgiving yourself giving yourself some grace and you know getting back to my you made the best decisions with the information you were given at the time and you move through that Mm -hmm. you know i think in the end it's been it's been good it's been been a, a journey that I've it's been hard but I wouldn't actually wouldn't change yeah because I feel like I'm the person sure. that I am because of all of that to learn more about our hustles visit us on the gram at CND events at the Bradford NC at anthem.house and at hustle and gather and if you're interested in learning more about our speaking training or venue consulting head to our website at hustleandgather.com also if you love us and you love this show we would be more than honored if you left us a rating and a review this podcast is a production of Earfluence I'm Dana and I'm Courtney and we'll talk to you next time on hustle and gather <laughs>